Hey ladies, welcome back to Fueled by Faith Podcast. We're your hosts, Jocelyn Haas and Michaela Johnson, and continue listening for today's episode. So today we're going to talk about how God uses our pain for purpose. And we were just Googling some stuff before because we always find a couple scriptures that really fit with what we're talking about so that you guys can also like go and study or whatever. Um, And as I was Googling, one of the things that I found is this little excerpt and I'm going to read it because it was really good. Um, And it's about pain and suffering. We all experience pain in life, whether emotional or physical pain. No pain is alike. We must all walk the journey and path that God has for our lives. Yet God promises that there is a purpose in all pain. We can press on each day knowing that our God loves us and wants to use the hurt and pain in this world to bring him glory. And I just thought that was so good because... Obviously, we all know that we feel mental and emotional pain or, of course, physical pain in this life and in this fallen world. Um, But a lot of times we don't see that God allows certain things to happen in our lives for him to then use us to help others with our pain. Because if we don't face any type of adversity, how are we going to reach a group of people who also went through that same thing? Um, and then, of course, we're going to open with two scriptures. I'm going to read one, and then Kay's going to read one. And the first one, most of us probably know, but it's Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And every time I hear that verse, it's so powerful to me because, again, we forget the plans that God has. Like, we only see our plans sometimes, and our plans are so small and so minimal compared to what God has for us and what he knows. Because we think we know our future and we think we can plan our future, but we can't. And it's only in God's hands. So I feel like that's a perfect scripture to open with. Yes. And then the scripture I'm going to read is Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. And when I read that verse, it like struck with me. It stuck with me right away because I just am remembered like the hard times we go through. Like God's right there with us. I think like sometimes we forget and we like because when you're like hurting, like you think you're alone. And I think that's like a perfect way to start the episode as well because like it shows that like you're not alone in those seasons like God's that pain sucks like there's nothing you can do about it but like God's with you yeah so yeah yeah and there's obviously a ton of other verses like where God's it says God's close to the brokenhearted and he will heal you he will be there with you and it's so easy to forget that we're not alone in those seasons because when you're depressed just for an example when you're depressed or you know, you have anxiety, the last thing you want to do is talk to people. Like you don't want to go out of your way and be like, I'm feeling this right now. Most of the time, like sometimes, yeah, but sometimes it's so crippling that you just want to stay in your house. You don't want to talk to anybody. And even in those moments, like God is there with you and he's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere at all times. And so he's never not listening and he's never not ready to comfort you. You just have to have that communication with him and that relationship. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, And then I did want to share, obviously, some examples from our lives, like where God has used our pain 
to help us have purpose in yeah. that. And um, one of the main things in my life, and I talk about it kind of often, but it's like a big part of my life, so it's natural and it's part of my testimony, so I share it often. Um, but it's that I was in an abusive relationship, as many of us have been, which is sad to say, but abusive relationships are so easy to come by now. Yeah. Um, but I was in one for four years, and the amount of pain that I went through that and just feeling like I couldn't get out, feeling stuck, feeling so like worthless and literally wanting to end my life because of the pain that another person inflicted on me. And um, obviously when I was going through that, there was no way I could see how purpose was going to come out of that. I was just like, how could this happen to me? And at this time, I was not a believer. Like, I didn't believe in God. I didn't really believe in anything. And so it's even harder going through that without having any type of faith. So it was really hard for me to see how that was going, any value was going to come out of that relationship because I was just so stuck in the words that he would say or the pain that he would bring me. And now that I'm on the other side, obviously I see how God has allowed me to go through that so that I could help tons of other women go through abusive, not go through abusive relationships, but help them even get out of abusive relationships or heal from abusive relationships. And I've done it with many of my friends, many random women too, I've just talked to and been able to help them. And I wouldn't be able to do that without me having to go through it. Right. Um, And some of you know, too, I was a personal trainer. So like having that one-on-one time with women, we obviously get in a lot of conversation and talking to so many of them and how they've been in abusive relationships as well and a lot of people are ashamed to talk about it a lot of people don't want to share it right and I'm willing to because I'm not ashamed of it anymore that was a part of my life it's in the past it doesn't define me and it it never did but I'm healed from it so now I can talk about it and I'm I'm happy to talk about it Yeah, I was also, mine was more of like a very toxic relationship and we were both so young. So it was like on both sides. And, um, I remember me and Joss started, we got really close again because backtrack, me and Joss have always kind of been in each other's life, but she was best friends with my sister when I was growing up. So, um, I got reconnected with her and I started training with her and I would talk to her about everything I went through. And she was like, dude, Like, do you realize, and I think in the moment, you don't even want to, like, admit how bad it was almost. Yeah. And you don't even want to, like, explain it to people because you are embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I I used to think, too, I'm like, just because he doesn't think it's wrong, it doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. And then I came to realize, like, I was like, okay, this, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think... Oops, I'm sorry. Um, but I think too, like now seeing like where I was and now seeing like what I want now, I think like God even used that relationship, which uses every relationship you've been in to show you what you deserve. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I agree with that too, because without going through that, I would not have standards in relationships. Right. Because again, when him and I got together, I was 16. I dated him from 16 to 20 years old. Right. Like that's insane. 
Um, that's an insane amount of time in your life. And it's a really crucial time in your life because I had graduated high school. Like you're figuring out your life and to be held back by something so abusive and just so evil. And I'm not calling him evil because it's not just him. And as you said, in an abusive relationship, it's usually both people contributing. Um, but I was more submissive where he was more dominant and he just had a stronger hold on me. Like I was just so emotional. Right. And now, too, like in the moment, obviously, I didn't realize this, but after going to therapy and after, you know, finding God, I realized that going through that was really deeper rooted. Right. And it was rooted in a rejection, abandonment, and insecurity. Like those mm-hmm. were all things that I had to work on. Those weren't things that he could fix in me. And, um, he as in in the relationship and at that time in my life I was looking for somebody to almost fix me or make me feel better or like to fix them so it made me feel better in that case that's what that was but it was very like I was very codependent and I still do have those tendencies like it's not something that you just reverse in a couple of seconds like it's something that takes a long time and it's a process um But I'm better at recognizing them now and being able to, like, tell myself, you don't want to act like that. Like, that's not a healthy way of thinking. Like, what does God say? Right. And I'm more secure in that. Where before I didn't have that. Right. But without that, I wouldn't even be able to recognize it in me now. Yeah. And I even find myself, I literally find myself doing that exact things. And then I have to remind myself, like... Just because that person might have hurt me doesn't mean this person's going to hurt me the same way. Right. Because I really tend to fall back into, like, my old habits. And I'm like, but no, like, he hasn't done that to me, so mm-hmm. don't blame it on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm like, this is where... Because in my old relationship, I wouldn't talk about my problems. Like, mm-hmm. even if I was... I knew I was right. Like, and I know, especially when you love somebody, you turn the other cheek sometimes. Even yeah. if you know you're right. But even when I knew I was right and I knew I wasn't wrong, like, I would still apologize. Like, it was like, I was always wrong. He was always right. Like, we wouldn't talk about our feelings. Like, it was like, we're going to make up and then we're going to be fine. Yeah. And it wouldn't be like make up, like talking about it and be make up in a different way. Yeah. And that's not healthy. And that's not normal. You know yeah. what I mean? And like right. I feel like in a lot of times those relationship sexual things are held over your head too. Oh yeah. And if you don't do it with them, it's like oh, you're mad. Like they get mad at you. They get mad, yeah. And then they treat you like legit crap. Like sorry yeah. for saying that, but mm-hmm. literally like crap. Like Yeah, and in those situations too, I feel like us as women, and not saying that men can't be in abusive relationships as well, or like be the ones who are being abused, um, because they can, but I'm speaking from a woman's point of view, obviously, Um, we tend to blame ourselves, like why are they treating me like that, why aren't I good enough, like why, why, why? And it's not, we have to realize that it's not us. Right. It's a projection of how that person feels on the inside. Right. They're trying to make themselves feel better by abusing you. Or they're afraid of you leaving, so they're abusing you because right. they think that's what's going to get you to stay. Right. Like, for instance, like in mine, they would isolate me from my family, isolate me from my friends. Like, I would only see this person. And if I didn't, one day out of the week he would freak out because I wasn't with him and he'd be questioning me but then on the other end like it was okay for him to go out it was okay for him to see his friends and again this isn't like me degrading this person or like talking bad about this person's character because 
I know it's not really him. Like, I know more goes into that. And it's right. just, like, us all. We all have issues. We all have traumas that we're acting out of how we know how. Right. Or how we were raised. So it's not always our fault the way we act. I mean, we need to take accountability, obviously. Right. But it's not always our fault. Um, so I'm not doing it to, like, degrade him. I'm doing it to show an example of how these things tend to go, especially abusive relationships. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I think the sexual one is a big one. Yeah. And you don't, a lot of people, women especially don't want to talk about that and and men too, men too, but like women don't want to talk about it because it's almost like embarrassing. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, oh, and I can't even think of examples of like exactly what happened, but I would just remember like, if I wouldn't do it, it would just be like, all right. Yeah, well, and I think we think, too, that even though we're in a relationship... You have to. Well, that and sex can still not be consensual, even right. if you're in a relationship. Right, like, right. It can still be, quote, like, quote-unquote, rape or sexual assault if you're willingly with somebody. Right. And I feel like sometimes it's hard to come out about those things as women because you're afraid of people saying, well, you're, that's your boyfriend, that's your husband. Right. But it doesn't mean that my body is just all of a sudden there. Yours, right. And I know as a Christian, like, these things can be uncomfortable to talk about. But obviously, we shouldn't be having sex before marriage anyway. But right. a lot of people do. And I have. So mm-hmm. it's not like I'm judging. Right. Um, but even in a marriage, like, it's important to have those conversations. Like, yeah, of course. Like, I want to, you know, do that with my husband and, like, whatever. But... That doesn't mean that I just have to do it whenever. Right. And it's important as us for women to have those conversations, communicate with our husband. And if they get mad at us for not having sex with them, well, that's not like a very nice guy. Exactly. exactly. They probably shouldn't be with them. Exactly. Like, you know. Um, but yeah, I think sex is a huge portion of it. And I do think, I know this is kind of getting off track, but I think... When you do that before marriage and you are intimate with somebody on a sexual level before marriage, it heightens the relationship to a crazy extent, especially at like 16. Right. Like me having sex at 16, of course that relationship isn't going to be healthy. Like we're both emotionally immature. Right. Like there's, why? Right. You know, and so obviously that was already setting up the relationship for quote unquote failure because right. emotions are just so heightened after that. Right. You know, and I feel like we just get so much more attached. Yeah. You know, and I think that was one of the reasons why I stayed so long because like we had sex and like, and then you just feel like there's no way out. Like you had sex with this person. Like I don't have sex with anyone else. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. All these crazy thoughts go through your head. Through your head. Well, especially just... if that's the first person. Right. Exactly. We don't realize this, but I saw this video and it was like, "Does um, science back not having sex till marriage?" And she literally showed the proof of like how we release this chemical in our brain when we have sex, and it's to bond each other. It's to bond us to that person, and it's a life bond. Right. And I mean, we talk about spiritual ties and all of that, but. Um, look into that yourself because that's not like what we're supposed yeah. to be talking about. <laughs> Michael Todd, Lay with Fire, yeah. great episode. He explains it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. But that is a reason why it can be harder to leave somebody. Right. Um, another thing that um, 
like I've personally went through, I know Kay has went through, is just like mental health struggles and for me specifically, depression, anxiety, ADHD. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times like depression, anxiety is very common now. Like it's not really as touchy of a subject to talk about. Right. But it also can be used very freely like oh I'm just I'm sad today I'm depressed yeah like no like depression is deeper than that like depression is not wanting to get up and like shower for days like depression is not wanting to leave the house like it's very much deeper um so I don't take those terms lightly like I am actually clinically diagnosed and um I was ever since high school yeah so um I have struggled with anxiety my whole entire life and like I said sometimes it can be hard to be in that and see any type of purpose because your mental health is just in such turmoil that you're like what good could come out of this like how could I ever help somebody when I feel like I'm just like drowning in my thoughts um and yeah so that's something that I've like really struggled with I have struggled with both um, suicidal thoughts. I have struggled with suicidal thoughts ever since like seventh grade, and that's when I started therapy. And because I don't know if I necessarily would have ever, I was just I got the thought of suicide, like of committing suicide, and then I started going to therapy from there. And then, um, but in that therapy, like me and Joss have talked about in the past, like. It was kind of just surface level stuff. Like she thought I had anxiety and depression and she brought up seasonal depression. I've been diagnosed with seasonal depression, but like it was never like deep rooted stuff. Like we never really dug deep into like why I struggle with these things. Mm -hmm. And so suicidal thoughts have always like kind of been not, I don't want to say prevalent. Like I don't get them every day, but like it happens. Yeah. And I think almost sometimes like we're embarrassed that we get them and the enemy uses that. Like for example, like I'll just, this I don't want to sound crazy, but like, for example, sometimes when I get suicidal thoughts, my first thought is commit, like, kill yourself. And then it goes to, you're only going to kill it yourself for attention. Mm. And so it's like, I'm getting these sad thoughts that the enemy's already planting in my head. And then he's going to back it with, if you do that, you're doing it for attention. Mm. And I think like a lot of people almost get that way and like, not get that way, but like, you get the suicidal thought and then all these other thoughts come into your mind and you just feel like you're going to go crazy. Yeah. And that's one reason why I went back to regular therapy because, or to Christian therapy, because I was like, these thoughts aren't normal and I don't like feeling like this. Mm -hmm. And so going back to therapy and I, seeing it now, I realized that like anxiety and depression, like they suck and they're so real. And and we talk about this also a lot. This is another point. Sorry, I'm kind of jumping back and forth. But, like, I feel like when you're a Christian, you think that you don't need... That all your issues will be gone. You won't deal with anxiety and depression. I definitely thought that. Yeah. I definitely thought that now that I was a, had a relationship with Jesus, all that stuff was going to be gone. And that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Like, some people do get healed from that. But some people, like, do not. It's mm-hmm. a chemical imbalance in your brain. Like, that's something you cannot help. But... I did get on meds and now I'm on anti, I'm on antidepressants and anti-anxiety med. They're like one mixed and ever since I've been on that, I've been more like steady mm-hmm. with everything. So that has really helped, but yeah. it's been something that God really has not, I'm not completely like, oh, I, I'm a handle like, oh, got that in the bag. Mm-hmm. But like, it's something that God is like showing me how to deal with and that it's not something that 
like something's not wrong with me because I used to always say I'm like I want to figure out what's wrong with me and my counselor was like you need to stop saying that yeah because there's nothing wrong with you and Mm -hmm. I was like dang dude you're right Mm -hmm. but (laughs) yeah yeah well I think too like be after like post save I don't know how to really say it but like after you're a Christian or whatever um I think there's shame when you're like oh I still struggle with these things like and we have to remember it's a process just like anything like our spiritual journey is a process um but on that point like feeling shame I was also talking to our therapist or counselor about um you know feeling shameful of going on medication because I was on meds in high school and I just kind of have like struggled since then because I never wanted to because some of you know some of you don't that my dad was addicted to drugs and for me like and he specifically like some pills started it so for me I was like I don't want to rely on a pill because I was afraid that I would like get reliant and addicted and all of these things and I was bringing that up in counseling and she was like she brought up this analogy which I loved and it was crazy because then my psychiatrist said the same analogy and um it was just like how I need glasses like I'm speaking as her um just as I need glasses or some people need glasses um, without them, I would struggle a lot more to see. I just function better with them. And she was like, meds can be the same thing for you or for anybody who may need them. It could just help you function better. Right. It doesn't mean that they're going to be there for life. It doesn't mean that, you know, God can't eventually heal you. Right. It just means in this moment, this is where you're at and it's nothing to be shameful of. It's just something that's going to help your brain function better. Yeah. Just like glasses help me see better. Yeah. And I loved that because mm-hmm. it's like, wow, that's true. And then um, my psychiatrist, she also said, she was like, you know, we don't shame people for taking blood pressure meds. We don't shame people for taking, you know, whatever med. Right. She's like, mental health is the same thing. It just helps you function better. And she's like, for some people, it's more of a short-term fix, and it just helps therapy like work better. It yeah. almost like enhances therapy because your brain is functioning better. Right. And she's like, for some people, it's more chronic. Like anxiety and depression can tend to go in waves. Sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. And she's like, sometimes people just like to take it because they function better with it, and that's right. okay too. And then to add on top of it, ADHD like that has been something that I've never been diagnosed with before. I kind of knew I had it um, because my last therapist had done some like evaluations on me, but she couldn't actually clinically diagnose me until I went to a psychiatrist. Um, And so that has been a huge like problem for, I don't want to say problem, but like hardship. Yeah. Like adversity for me, because you don't realize how much your brain functions differently when you have ADHD. It's kind of like anxiety and then just like chaos mixed. Like it's both of them. So to have anxiety and ADHD is just like dysfunctional. Yeah, (laughs) it really is. And so like, that's why school's always been so hard for me. That's why so many like daily normal tasks are just hard staying organized, all of these things. Right. And so to finally like get that and then for her to be like, we're gonna, you know, build our way up. I'm not going to start you on everything right away. I want your body to get like used to these things. And then maybe eventually you'll be able to be off of them. Right. Um, 
But just to hear that and then, like, see a light at the end of the tunnel is amazing. And right. I don't hear a lot of people talk about, like, ADHD and the effects of it because it really does. I don't know about everybody. Like, maybe it's just my experience, but it really affects my everyday. Like, it affects so much in my life. Um, so I think that's really important to talk about because I know a lot of people do struggle with ADHD and they don't have somebody to, like, talk about it. Right. Um, so, yeah. And, um, again, with meds, like, even in the embarrassment of being on them, I think it's, like, something that, like, the band-aid, like, as much as it seems like it's just covering up the issues, quote-unquote, like, that's what's helping me, and if that's what's helping me to not be depressed every day, then I'm gonna do it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, just talking about these examples from Kay and I's life is just to show, like... God brings everybody through pain. Right. Like, I'm sure people who meet Kayla and I think that, like, oh, they're just so happy. Like, they have so much together. And it's, like, I mean, yeah, like, overall, I'm grateful to be alive. Like, I'm grateful for life in general. Um, But we've still went through a lot. And on a day-to-day basis, like, you don't see me having panic attacks in my house. You don't see me not being able to get out of bed in the morning. Right. And, like, um, obviously... I still, like, praise God for just being alive and praise him for, honestly, for suffering because I can turn around and talk about it on the podcast. I can turn around and help somebody who's going through it that may be ashamed because I know I was super ashamed, like, super ashamed to just admit that, like, I'm a follower of Christ and I still struggle with mental health and that's okay. And maybe one day, like, God will completely heal me and I won't struggle with it. I won't need meds. And I'm believing God for that, of course. Right. But right now, like, where he has me right now is this. And I'm okay with that. And I'm grateful for that because at least I'm still alive. And, yeah. I um, I was talking to Joss before this. And there was a point. Um, th- there's, like, a meme going around on TikTok. And it's this girl. She was, like, in the Cheetah Girls movie. I don't know <laughs> what her name is. But she was in the Cheetah Girls movie. And she's pretty, like, famous. But... She was talking, and I think it was on a podcast, and it was this little girl, it was a meme, and the little girl was holding a bear, and she was like, it was God holding God in front of her, and she was talking to God, and she was like, but I love him, like, I just love him so much, and God was like, but you don't know what I have for you, and I I think in the moments of pain, like... Well, and he had a bigger teddy bear Yeah, he has a bigger teddy bear behind him, like, waiting to give that to her, but she was like, but I just love him, and I think sometimes, like, our pain and stuff, like, and I just shared this in one of the posts, like, our pain, like, we're like, oh my gosh, like, this sucks, like, and it does suck, like, I'm, there's nothing else to, but, to say, but it does suck, but, like, even in the first scripture I read, like, it's like God saying, like, yes, that sucks, but I'm going to be there with you. Yeah. Like, we can sit here and deal with the sucking together, like, as crazy mm-hmm. as that sounds, like, and I'm going to bring you out, and it's going to be better than you expected. Like, and there's, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason, like, in, like, the whole, God has a plan for you. So it's just, like, even though that plan, like, it might have taken a complete different than way than you do, like, the plan God has for you is the best plan possible, so it's, like, when we trust in the Lord, even though we might not go, like, step by step exactly the way God has planned, like, God knew that already, and he's ready to, like, be on that ride with us. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and off of that point, too, um, Zay and I was were watching a sermon earlier, and I shared this with Kayla as well, and he was talking about, you know, how he wrote these books and um, how if he didn't go through what he went through, he wouldn't have this book to share with the world. And I feel that about the podcast. Like, if I didn't 
go through what I went through, which like there's much more to mine and Kayla's testimony of just like, you know, how we grew up and hard things that we went through. If we didn't go through those things, we wouldn't have this to share with you guys. Right. And we wouldn't have this to reach out to other women for the glory of God. Like, right. because it's not us that got through it. It's God who helped us through it. Right. But he also helped us see the purpose in why we went through what we went through. Right. And so there are obviously different types of people are attracted to different types of people. So if I go through something similar that Kay goes through, there's more chance of me having a conversation about God with Kayla Mm -hmm. because we went through similar things than me talking to somebody else who didn't go through what I went through or vice versa. Right. So there's a purpose for your unique situation and God put you through that for a specific reason or allowed it to happen because sometimes God doesn't make things happen. We make them happen and, and then he tries to help us through it. Right. Um, and like, yeah, we have free will. So we end up in certain messes that we're never supposed to be there. Right. Um, but then when we turn our lives over to Christ, if we weren't already followers, um, he will use that for you to then pull other people to him, which yeah. is such a beautiful thing. And I'm so grateful because like I said, like I was never grateful for those things yeah. until like later on in life when I realized that I was able to do this and just help others. I often think about too, like when people like, when something bad happens in somebody's life, like there's either two reactions, either you turn to Jesus and like you ask God for help or you turn away from God. And I remember when I moved out to California, I share this a lot, but I was really hurting. Like I was, I had hatred in my heart. Like I wasn't healed from my relationships. I like, I just was so mad at everything. Then I met this group of friends And I was like, what's different about that? And it's like seeing the love that Jesus has in them and that seeing that even when they go through hard times, like I know a couple of my friends have really struggled with certain things, but they still have faith and they still have like so much courage. And that's another point I wanted to bring up. Like I see the way I would have reacted to certain situations when I wasn't saved and how I react now. It's like, okay, but this stuff is temporary and like I know what God, like where I'm going to be eventually one day like I get to spend like one day I get to go and be with Jesus every day of my life and just like be live an eternal life with the almighty king and like be in heaven the best place in the world like everything about that it's like suffering does suck but like there's a purpose to it like do you think Jesus wanted to suffer on the cross absolutely not like that like I can't even imagine the pain he felt but he did it because he knew the purpose Mm -hmm. and now he's up in heaven like I don't want to say thriving, but he's up in heaven, like helping all of us. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's another thing too, is like, Jesus wasn't exempt from suffering. So why do we think we are? Right. We're exactly. Not. Like we're in a world of sin and exactly. it's, it's called the good fight of faith because it really is a fight every single day. Like we are in a fallen world. Sin is so accessible to us right. and everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people around us are in sin. So it makes it even harder. Right. Especially if we have like old friends that are in that, it makes it harder because we want to go back to that. Yeah. And um, not that we want to, but like if they're asking to hang out all the time and they're doing, they're going to clubs, they're drinking, they're doing all this and that, there's obviously going to be temptation. Exactly. And so we have to fight every single day to be stronger in faith and in spirit than in flesh. 
So I just want to encourage you that if you do fall into sin, just repent, turn to God. Like he's there to forgive you. He's there for you. And yeah, we all make mistakes and we all fall sometimes. It's just important to remember to be humble and turn back to God when you do. Exactly. Um, we're going to share two more scriptures. Um, the first one I wanted to share was Proverbs thirty-one twenty-five, And it is, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. And I think that's perfect because it literally goes hand in hand with like strength and all of that because it's like when we are struggling like we can laugh at those moments and be like all right we're gonna be good because i know god's got me Mm -hmm. so yeah and then i have a couple that i wanted to share too um they're both from psalms the first one is psalms 34 18 the lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit and then the other one is Psalms 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And I think both of those like just embody how much God loves us and how much like it does pain him to see us hurting and struggling. And he's right here to like heal us, not right away. Sometimes he wants us to feel the things that we're feeling, um, but eventually he'll heal us and eventually he'll show us the yeah. purpose in what we went through. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, follow us at Fueled by Faith Podcast on Instagram. And we love you guys so much. We're praying for you. Um, if you have any specific prayer requests, you can always DM us or email us. Um, our email is on Instagram, obviously. Um, and we also have this thing that we do on Instagram. We haven't been doing it lately because we haven't been getting that many like stories sent in. But it's called Share Your Story. And it's basically where we share your testimony you're comfortable with it you can also send it in anonymously or tell us that you want it anonymous um but it's just encouraging to hear other people's testimonies how they came to know the lord um and see the struggles that they went through and how you know they got out of it yeah so if you want to do that you can always dm us as well or email us if it's easier yep we hope you stay fueled